So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just wanna know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome to our Kardashian season two, episode five recap. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. What do you think of this episode? It wasn't my favorite. To watch or to recap? A little bit of both. Ooh, tell me. Listen, I'm not complaining. Like any episode we get, I'm obviously going to love. But I just felt like I knew there was so much going on behind the scenes in their personal lives that we weren't necessarily getting on the show. And so, of course, there are things that I don't expect to get. I would want, but I don't expect. I just felt like while I was watching, there was a disconnect between what I was seeing and what I knew factually was happening. Right. I mean, just timeline-wise for a second, the Skims pop-up was March 21st and the Tao opening was April 2nd. The Grammys was April 3rd. So we're in that time frame when the Kanye social media activity was really happening. Obviously, as we know, Kim and Pete were hot and heavy. Next week, he is her date to the premiere, which you saw that preview at the very end when the producer's like, so who's your plus one? And she kind of smirks at the camera. Yes. That's the stuff I live for. Oh, I know, you know, there's so much like we, we can get into it, but a little behind the scenes moment that I found to be so interesting was when Kim and Chloe are in the car in Miami and they FaceTime Courtney and Kim's like, oh, I wish you were here. And Courtney's like, well, this is kind of the first time hearing about it, which we'll get more into that, obviously, because I know we want to touch on the nostalgia when Chloe's going down memory lane. But I've always been so curious about that. Like, do they operate from a shared calendar where every single person is aware of what's going on or no? And I'm realizing recently from some of the more recent episodes, I think the answer is no. Like they must know about the major things, but I don't think on a day-to-day basis, they're as in tune with each other's schedules as I had initially thought. I think Chris, Chloe, and Kim have a shared calendar where they are in tune to every single thing that's happening in a day. I don't think the rest of them operate in that same way. So I think you're half correct. I actually... Even though I think the bond between Chloe and Kim is the strongest it's ever been, I don't even think that Chloe is on Kim's schedule in the way that Chris is. I think it's Chris knows everyone's. And then, yes, obviously, Chloe knows Kim's probably more than anyone knows anyone else's. But I don't think that it's that same way. I think it's Chris and Kim and then like Chloe the most involved out of anyone else. I mean, Chris knows what's going on with all of them at all times. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's funny in that moment when Kim's like, oh, I wish you were here. And Courtney's like, I had no idea until this exact moment. And Kim's like, yeah, I guess I just didn't think you'd want to come. <laughs> like, how are you going to wish she's there and not invite her? <laughs> that was one of my favorite moments of the show because it was just so true to both of their characters. Like, 
Courtney wasn't there. She fully acknowledged that she wasn't invited. Also pretty much didn't care, but wanted the invite. And Kim just bullshitted her entire way through that. She was like, I'm so sad you're not here. And Courtney's like, this is absolutely the first time I've ever heard about this. (laughs) Instead of doubling down on it, where she was like, no, 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 I told you, which is like what I would have done in that circumstance. Like I would have denied till I died. Kim was like, yeah, I guess I just didn't think you would want to come. Which like she wasn't wrong. So Courtney wasn't even mad. No. And Courtney said that in her confessional. I mean, when Chloe was taking us back to the Miami days, which keep in mind, just for context, season one of Courtney and Chloe Take Miami was filmed in 2009, and we had just watched it relatively recently. So to see that montage of photos and to hear them kind of reflect on their days there, it felt so nostalgic and honestly so personal because we just watched the show. Something about Chloe saying Slav Kebab hits a part of my brain that could satisfy me for a lifetime. I know. And I knew you were going to feel that way when I heard it. And I also know that if you're an OG watcher, you felt the exact same way hearing her say that. I think it's because back in the day, and they still use a lot of the same terms, but they had a very specific vocabulary. And there were words that were just used and used and used. And Slav Kebab, I mean, that was top five in the vocabulary. No, that's an all-time great. We really got a glimpse at like, quote, old Chloe in this episode. I think the contrast between the way kind of she used to be and the way she is now and then getting in touch with her old self while still honoring her new self, that could be an entire storyline. Well, it's honoring her new self and also fighting against her new self. I know, but the thing is, you know, listen, there are changes in Chloe that have just happened, but there are also changes that have happened as a result. Like, What she said is true, and we always talk about this, not just Kardashian-specific. The reason that you will never get the same messiness from the Hollywood club scene, whether it's in Miami, Vegas, or LA, is because the access to social media exists in a way that it never did before. So they're never going to behave in the way that they used to because it was never documented. It was more of a free-for-all. So of course, she's not going to be as much of a free spirit in the club as she once was. And yes, part of that is because there's a direct correlation with her anxiety, but her anxiety is coming from the fact that she knows she's being watched in a way she wasn't before. Right. It's so many different factors. I mean, it's half just growing up and becoming a mom and she's in an entirely different place in her life. And half is the anxiety, which she spoke about throughout this episode of just every single thing I do say and look like is going to be criticized. And she's like, this is an absolute fact that I know. And sometimes I can ignore it. And a lot of times it's just too much to be able to. And so the anticipation of going to Miami, knowing that was going to happen was really overwhelming for her. But I think once she got there and she allowed herself to just lean in a little, knowing that like there's nothing that's going to be out there that's going to be too bad that it should stop her from being able to have fun, allowed her to really lean into that side of her. And I feel like for us, having just watched the seasons, both one and two of Courtney and Chloe Take Miami, it felt specifically nostalgic for us because we were like, oh my God, I remember this almost like it was yesterday. Oh, totally. I mean, when Chloe says, you know, she feels like a fish in a fishbowl and then it cuts to the scene where they're in the car and she literally is basically in a fishbowl with people banging on the window, it hits you in a way where you're like, okay, I cannot personally relate to this because never in my life am I going to have paparazzi and cameras following me like this, but holy shit, I can imagine what this must be like. And I will never, I'm telling you, we have watched them for how many years now? I will never till the day I die get over the difference in the way that Chloe and Kim receive that fame and that attention. And I think it's so interesting to try to like put yourself into where you would land or who you would be more like because both of their experiences are exactly the same yet so polar opposites. 
Right. And they also compartmentalize in different ways where when they're in the car and there are people banging and there are paparazzi, both of them are equally as like put off by it. They both feel equally as unsafe by the idea that somebody is just banging on their car and knows it's them in it. But when they're at an event, for example, when they get to the Skims pop-up and there are people everywhere and paparazzi everywhere, Chloe is so focused on like, okay, just get through this. And for Kim, the world is her runway. Like she is, you know, owning that crowd, posing like it's a personal photo shoot. And it's just, I think a lot of their experiences are very similar and so, so drastically different that it's almost hard to believe they're at the same things. Yeah. But I mean, also let's go back to the car for a second, because yes, they're both put off by it. I think no matter who you are, that's a very unsettling feeling, but Kim is genuinely considering rolling down the window and signing something, you know, like she wasn't going to do it. I don't think security would have even allowed her to do it. We all knew that. But if you watch the way that they interact with that scene, they're both a little shaken up, but Chloe is like, let's just get through this. And Kim is like, well, maybe I could for a second. She's really thinking it through because for her, I think the fan engagement and like you know, being Kim Kardashian is sometimes maybe clouds her judgment for a second before doing the thing that she knows she's going to do, which is obviously not roll down the window. But you can even see in that moment when it's similar, it's, it's still, there's that difference. Right. And also the difference is that I don't think Kim has an off switch where Chloe does. And that was really exhibited in this episode. Like as they're in Miami and they're doing everything, Kim is always in Kim mode. Kim is always either figuring out what she can do to optimize her time there, photo shoots, posing, going through the photos while they're at the pregame. And Chloe, even though it clearly affects her in a very different and deeper way, she's able to compartmentalize differently and say like, okay, I'm in Miami. I'm here to have fun. Let me turn on that side of my brain and like ignore it right now because I know that I'm not going to be the person that's getting anybody down right now. But I also think, and I've really become much more aware of this watching the show recently and also just hearing them in interviews, when they say that Chloe doesn't leave the gates of Hidden Hills, I think that that's really true. You know, for Kim, this doesn't feel like a big outing because this is her life constantly. Whereas Chloe, it could be her life constantly, but it's not. You know, like she stays in her little cocoon in a way that Kim does not. And not to say Kim doesn't enjoy it. I think Kim probably longs for the days when she can just stay at the house with the kids all day. But that is not her reality in the way that it is Chloe's. So of course for Chloe, she can shut off because this is honestly so much more infrequent. Kim can shut off because if she was shutting off every time she went somewhere, she'd never be on because she's fucking always somewhere. Like it's so, to me, it is so interesting watching the way that they use their time and out of LA and, and how they each perceive it. Like for Chloe, this really is, she's having a night out for Kim. It's like, I'm promoting the brand and I'm going to squeeze in as much as I physically can because tomorrow starts the next day of this shit. And also the difference is that when Kim says that she's having a night out, the escape from the night out, yes, she has a lot going on in her personal life, not to downplay the Kanye stuff, not to downplay how stressful it is having four kids. But when Kim says she needs a night out, it's kind of like a let loose night. When Chloe needs a night out, it's like an escaping trauma night. Yes, totally. But also I think the thing for Chloe that it's so interesting to watch as the viewer is that you know, on one hand you would think, okay, her night out is when she's really going to let loose. And it is, but what comes with letting loose just by nature of being outside of 
the gated community they live in is also almost exposure therapy. So it's like when she decides that she is going to have this night and really be free, she's also then confronted with her biggest fear, which is the paparazzi and the constant eyes on her. Whereas when she's in Hidden Hills, she doesn't have to deal with any of that. So Kim is able to have a night out and that isn't even a factor because that's always a factor for her. Whereas for Chloe, it's like, unless she's having a night out in another completely private area, you know, let's say at Palm Springs at Chris's house, it's never that full freedom that it used to once be. And that's what I think she is so confronted with constantly. Totally. And the other thing is that I think it also plays into her relationship with Kylie. And we've said, you know, they've always had this really, really close bond. But in the same way that Chloe and Kim got closer when she was pregnant with True and, you know, she was becoming a mom and really aligned herself with Kim much more closely. I also think that's true of her relationship with Kylie now, where they both bond over the fact that like leaving house, leaving the house just isn't for them right now. I know, but you know, the main difference, what, when Chloe says she's going to go somewhere, she goes, well, that's a whole other story. It takes a lot for her to do it. But when she says she's going to do it, she does. And you know, I, I tread lightly on this conversation when we talk about it with Kylie, because I, me, like, you know, me personally, I am not in a place to judge someone for that because I don't go out. Like when people say, Oh, I don't do shit. Like I really don't do shit. You know what it means for me to put on jeans. Like I 100% of the time would rather stay at home. And so I so get it from Kylie's perspective. I think the disconnect for me is like, if I'm Kendall or if I'm Kim or I'm someone in her inner circle, as much as you want to be understanding of it, I think it it's very frustrating when she agrees to it and then she doesn't. And it's like, for me, I so get it because going out also sounds miserable, but I just don't commit to it then because I know I'm not going to want to do it. Do you think that Kim gave Kylie or Kendall or both of them the Miami invite or that also was the same thing as the Courtney thing? No, I don't think she did. I mean, also the Miami crew is the group chat. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think that it makes sense that they probably weren't included. It wasn't a sister trip. Chloe just happens to be there because she's part of the crew. That also makes your bond so much closer. Like, of course, they have that sister bond. And we've spoken so much about how much closer they've gotten over the years. And they really lean on each other. But once you're in the same friend group, that's a whole other situation that we're dealing with. Yeah, I know, which is why, you know, remember, I guess it was last season or maybe, was it even Kardashian? I don't even remember which which actual show it was, if it was Hulu or E, but the episode with Kendall and Courtney when Kendall's feeling pissed that Courtney's like infringing on her friend group. Your concept of time is so funny because as you start to say, like it was maybe last year, I knew this was the point you were going to bring up. I have to tell you, Em, I think that episode was probably four years ago. <laughs> I actually want to look it up because... I, our concept of time is so off, but I know that was like a very long time ago. And I was going to bring up that point too. And saying like, it's an entirely different circumstance because it can either like make or break you. But Kendall and Courtney didn't have that bond from the start. And so Courtney being part of that friend group was almost more about Courtney and liking Kendall's friends than it had anything to do with the bond between Kendall and Courtney. Oh no, totally. I'm just saying the friend group. Wait, time-wise though. Yeah. I honestly, Julie, like I, I have no idea. I absolutely I can't no wait idea. to find this. Hold on. Okay. I found it. Want me to tell you when it was? Yeah. Tell me. It's not as long ago as I thought, but it was 2019. It was July, 2019. Do you know which season? Season 17. 
Wow. If I said to you, though, that that was like last year, wouldn't you have maybe believed me for a second? No, I actually think I would have thought it was longer ago than it was because I have the COVID timeline in my head. And I know that factually, like that trip happened prior to like the Courtney's camp where Harry Hudson would come over and work out during COVID. I think if you were to ask me, I actually probably would have said that it was 2017. (laughs) Speaking of, doesn't Addison and Courtney feel like a fever dream a little bit? A full on fever dream. If you told me that was fully made up and I imagined it, I would have no choice but to believe you. Like you guys remember that Addison was going over to Courtney's every morning, working out with her, sometimes Travis, Harry Hudson. They were drinking avocado smoothies. They were filming it for Addison's YouTube. Then they were getting ready and matching outfits and Addison was on the show. Like not to say they don't still have a relationship, obviously, but that really did feel like a different time in in history. (laughs) The scene of Kardashians where Chloe and Kim call up Mason and they're trying to fish like for information from Mason about Courtney and Addison's friendship. And they're like, where does Addison sleep when she stays over? Like, does she stay in your mom's room? That's the content that I am looking for. That was such a wild time because I think everyone else was also equally as confused by it in the way that the family was. I mean, you know, I'll say this though, in a different way, because I think that the reason that for the actual sisters, it was probably additionally confusing or just something that they couldn't wrap their heads around is because for us, we look at it like, wow, she's really in the inner circle. But for them, it's like, okay, by allowing this person to be so close, they are inevitably going to know more information. And like, that's a big deal. Like clearly you trust this person. It's not just you're spending your time with them. If they're spending this much time with you, they're going to start to learn shit. And I think that typically it takes so much longer to get in that position. And that's probably where their, you know, kind of confusion was also coming from. I mean, and also it was the age difference. Like here was this young girl that came on the scene through TikTok This was a couple of years ago at this point. So it's not even like a situation where Addison was fully, fully established. And all of a sudden she is just with Courtney 24 seven, somebody who is 20 years older than her. Like at the time, it almost made sense. Like it didn't, we were all confused by it, but it was like so hyper present that it was like, well, this is happening. We might as well get on board. Looking back on it, that was so confusing. I know. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and... Every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. 
Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just <laughs> gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable, like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second. But We all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard Skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because you guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which... I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Going back to Miami for a second, when they're in the hotel room and they're all trying to turn up and Kim is like in the corner editing photos, I almost felt like you could meme that with the caption, like tag yourself, because even though the circumstance is something most people can't relate to, like you're not going out on that grand of a scale, you're not going to walk out of your room to a million photographers, you can still almost identify who you relate to the most in that group. And when I tell you that like, and you know that I was so Kim in that way. Who was sitting next to Kim on the couch? I I don't know. Because whoever it was, that's me. Julie, one million percent. If it was you and I in that scenario in a group of people, everyone else would have been in the other room drinking. We would have excused ourselves under the guise of, quote, work. I would have been Kim sitting on that fucking laptop, making sure all of our eyes look good. None of us are making weird faces. You would have been sitting next to me. You're not talking about Tracy, right? You're talking about the other person that was sitting next to Kim. Yeah. Whoever was like in the all black next to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be turning the laptop towards you every like three minutes to confirm that you were okay with the photo and that like my flyaways weren't too bad. People would be coming in pressuring us to drink and I would 100% have the Kim moment of like, guys, I promise you, you are going to thank me. You know how people say like, it's worth it to have kids just for the excuse to not have to do anything. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about having a job that doesn't have hours and is like only on your phone. Like I can leave any social situation I'm in or like be at a dinner on my phone. And if anybody's like, come join us, like get off your phone. I just have to format this one thing. Like I just have to do this one thing. And everyone's like, oh, you're working. Okay. No problem. Like it it is the greatest excuse anyone has ever given me. (laughs) It's like, wait, Paris Hilton just commented on Nicole Richie's photo. (laughs) Right. Like they don't even know. Like they don't even have to know. We could go in the roundabout and it doesn't have to go up right away. It's just like, I have to do this one thing. Right. Like I think Olivia Wilde actually just liked to comment about Harry. It's heaven. 
It's heaven. Wait, we'll talk about this on the regular episode. I just have to quickly say this. Yesterday, someone DM'd us and they had listened to our Tuesday episode about the Olivia Jason saga. And they were like, you know, thinking about it. I was going back to that comment when Olivia had commented on Harry's before we really knew what was going on. And Julie and I are sitting at lunch and we're like, holy shit, that person is so right. And we could not find the comment. It wasn't in our albums. We scrolled. Julie scrolled for... I'm not even kidding, 35 minutes because we couldn't even find it in an article to find the comment that Olivia left on Harry's photo December 2020 that was like, oh, you sing too? And we were going back and thinking, we'll talk about this on Monday's episode, but we were going back and thinking like, when that comment happened, did we know what was going on? Like, I don't even think that it was as speculated because I think going back, that comment happened. We didn't solo it because if we thought that it was like, holy shit, this is them confirming their relationship, we probably would have soloed it. We didn't. And then January is when they were at Jeff Azoff's wedding. A hundred thousand percent. There was no speculation about being a couple when we posted that photo, unless it was in like the depths of the internet and one single Dumois post that no one even talked about after we, there was no chance that that was a discussion that was happening because never in a million years would we have put that as the first of a roundup. It would have been a hundred percent a solo. And I even went through the comments on it and it really like a hundred percent, we didn't think it. So the first time that that came into our orbit in terms of them being a couple was that handholding picture, which was the discussion we were having on the podcast because I was really having a hard time remembering was this a rumor beforehand and that confirmed it? Or did that just come out of the blue? And 100% it just came out of the blue. So fucking crazy. We'll obviously talk about this on Monday, right? Yeah, of course. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you, honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so... I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. Then the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com promo code CELEBS. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. 
For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. The other thing I so appreciate about Kim, because I so deeply relate to this, is when they're at the club and she's like, I'm going to go, you guys stay. (laughs) Is that not me in a fucking nutshell? No, it's not you because you would never be at the club. No, but forget about a club setting. Like just in general, like you guys do your thing. I'm, this is personally what I'm going to do, but I'm not trying to like you, you keep doing it. This is just, I'm just not going to (laughs) engage. That's the difference between what we're out. Like, this is so funny. Like I love taking an episode that has absolutely nothing to do with us and taking every opportunity to make it like about our going out patterns. But it really is the difference between you and I, when we're out is that you're like, I'm going to go everyone else, please stay and have fun. When I leave somewhere where I'm out, I like make it such a thing. I'm like, you guys can all congratulate me for making it out of the house. You can all congratulate me for how long I was able to stay out. As you all know, being out for 20 minutes is I did my due diligence and I will be leaving now. And everyone's like, you know, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much. for Like, I think it's such a thing when I exit somewhere. Oh, <laughs> mine is like, I am so glad you guys are having fun. I want you to stay. I personally will be getting in an Uber if you want to come, of course, but no pressure. I have the Uber Eats order ready to go and I'm happy to add anything you like, but if not, please stay here. Like, you're right. This has literally nothing to do with any of us or any like normal people going out. This is such a larger than life scenario, but I, I think it's, I think that's why the show works. Cause even though you're watching it on some level in the back of your mind, you're like kind of personalizing it. Of course. I leave an event like it's the end of SNL. Like when everybody comes out and claps for that one person, that's how I like to make an exit after 12 minutes. (laughs) You do. I want to, I, the other thing I wanted to say about this is obviously you saw Dave Grumman on the screen and like this guy just runs Miami. We were looking up before we started recording, just like all of the places that he either owns or is a partner in or has something to do with. And I mean, really when they say the King of Miami, he is the King of Miami. And I know how much they love him and, and support his businesses and like he, him and his business has got a lot of screen time as it always does. But I thought it was interesting and like not a criticism. I genuinely just thought it was interesting when they were at story, which is one of his clubs. And they were like, it's kind of not a vibe. It's dead. It of course was not a dig at him at all. Like it was just a little bit of an off night and a little bit earlier before the club actually started getting like wild. But I was interesting. They even kept that line in because it even has the potential to make it look bad, you know? It's funny. You picked up on that. I didn't. But once you said it, I was like, yeah, that is a good point. I guess they probably like didn't think anything of it because they also blamed it on like the time in Miami where they were like, this is 2 a.m. The club scene gets started at 4 a.m. But yeah, it it was interesting. I mean, I guess it would have been a little bit different had they criticized a restaurant or a hotel because Dave doesn't have as much control over the general vibe of like a specific night at story. But yeah, it was it was an interesting point. Yeah. I mean, listen, the the dinner was at Swan, his other place. Like he's, they do so much of like talking about how amazing he is and everything he arranges for them being so amazing that it doesn't matter. Like no one's not going to story because they made one comment about the vibe. I just, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting because I feel like typically they're really, really conscious of that. But I guess, listen, is you know, that's what you want. You want them to give their honest reaction to how a time was. And they were just giving their honest reaction. They still went there, which is like to even get them to go there, I think is a huge deal. I mean, I realized after this episode, I think my biggest fear in the world is the Miami club scene. Club scenes in general. No, no. Want me to tell you mine? hundred percent mine. Nope. Well, good guess. Although I was fine with it at the time. hundred thousand percent the Vegas pool parties, like the one that, that Kendall was at. No, that's you. This is, this is how I feel about anything in, in warm weather. 
if you want me to be in the heat, you can't also want to take my picture and like want me to look good. There is no world in which I could be by a pool in the sweltering Vegas heat in heels. That feels like, I mean, that, that feels like really like someone is just has it out for me. I'm going to do you one better. Don't expect me to be anywhere in heels. You realize very quickly that like the comfort of your feet comes before most things in any given scenario. Like once your feet are uncomfortable, you're done. It ruins everything. And so I think you get to a certain point in life, you know, after you're thinking about it, when you're like 18, 19 fake IDs, okay, fine. Once you're, you know, being out is, is like more of a choice and you have control over where you're going to, the second your feet start to hurt, you're miserable. So you have to protect that. This is what I don't understand about celebrities. How, how in God's name is everybody just walking around all the time in heels? Julie, I'm telling you right now, my number one takeaway from BravoCon, I swear to God, was like, how do they do it? Because you're at the Javits Center and it wasn't like everyone was being whisked around on golf carts, like in in the back by the green rooms, like by where the um, like lounge was, where we were in the bathroom we would go to they were on golf carts. But if you're genuinely walking like from booth to booth, everyone was just on foot and they were in like six inch stilettos and skirts. I, I don't know. I, I was born without that gene. I don't have it in me. And I always really wanted to be into shoes, like the way Carrie was in Sex and the City. Like I always imagined that as I would get older, it would just be something that changed. Like I would get older and I would be able to like tolerate wearing heels and I would maybe even like them. And then I would care about shoes. Like it never, ever got to that point because I seriously, if I'm not in a sneaker or something basically flat, I am more uncomfortable than words can describe. And so like when I walk into a store, I can appreciate how gorgeous a shoe is. There's no part of me that's like, oh my God, I have to have that because I know that it will never land on my feet. No, the only thing that I have changed with that is like an over the knee boot with a little bit of a heel. Like I, I splurged on the Stuart Weitzman ones and that I can appreciate because like, it's not that high. And, and I don't know, to me, that's such a look, especially with like a skirt, but yeah, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm on your page in a big way. We wear sneakers to everything. We fucking wear sneakers to the, um, sex in the city premiere. We did. Yeah, and like, I, I know I would do it again though, because I had such a great night cause I was comfortable. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. 
So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. You want to go to Kendall's plotline for a second? I would love to. I loved the scene of her and Kylie when they're just sitting there talking because it did feel very OG, like Kendall and Kylie against the world. And that's why I think I feel so bad when Kylie didn't show up because, listen, I very much can understand how if you're Kylie, just had a baby, like she doesn't have to explain herself. I totally get that and she has every right. But I just feel like Kendall always looks forward to it. And then you can see she's so sad. I know. I wanted to say to Kendall, like, I see how excited you are, but please don't get your hopes up. And even Kendall knew that. Like once Kylie was talking about what she was going to wear and she was like, I'm obviously going to wear a coat. And Kendall's like, no, you're you're going to be hot. Like you're already setting yourself up for disaster. Like you're already setting yourself up for not going. I wanted to be like, take that as a sign. Okay. But here's my question. And I wonder how you feel about this and how you guys feel about this. I'm kind of split on it because on one hand, I'm like, listen, Kendall, cut your losses. And if you just lower your expectations, you can't be disappointed. But I also think that's kind of a shitty way to feel about like your sister or someone so close to you. Like I almost feel that it's more painful to have no expectations that the person is going to show up than it is to maybe be hurt. Like I still think, and I can understand why she wants to hold on to hope because accepting the reality like may suck more. And again, not about this particular time. Like Kylie just had a baby. Everything is excused. It's just that this is a pattern. Like it's not that this is a one-time thing, even pre-baby. Right. The thing that I will say is that there is a difference between Kylie not wanting to go on a Vegas trip postpartum or not being able to get herself to go on that trip. I think she really did want to take that opportunity to go away with Kendall and have that night out that she's been looking for. I just think that like it was too much for her and I get that. There's a difference between that and making commitments and constantly canceling them. And so unfortunately, Kylie's almost lost her street cred in that way where they all get lumped together. I think when I look at it from Kylie's perspective, and again, I'm removing this time, like this does not count anything postpartum, of course. I say to myself, I think sometimes she makes commitments because it helps her to motivate herself to actually go. But then I wonder, like, at what point can you stop making the motivator a commitment that then it negatively impacts other people? Like, I don't know. I'm a big believer in that. Like, don't commit to something and then not do it. You don't have to commit to it in the first place, which is why I like, feel like when it comes to Courtney, I have less um, animosity towards the way that she like does things versus the way Kylie does. They both don't end up there. You know what I mean? It's just... Courtney's not going to commit in the first place because she knows she's not going to go. Whereas Kylie says she's going to go, commits to it, and then last minute always has an excuse, always pulls out of it. Yeah. It's unique because the rest of them really aren't like that from what we see. 
No. And it's funny that it bothers me so much when Kylie does it, but I think that it's because we all probably have somebody in our lives that like cancels a lot or, or pulls that shit. And it's like a very relatable feeling to be on the other end of. I think it's it's multi-layered on one hand, a thousand million percent has nothing to do with Kylie. Like we all probably naturally personalize it and like have that person in our mind. I, I know that I'm thinking of them. I'm sure you are as well. I'm sure you guys are too, or maybe there's multiple, but also like, and this is so ridiculous. I swear to God, when I watch this show f- from watching for so many years, I feel like I pick up on their emotions. So like Kendall is by no means the one that I connect to the most, but when she's visibly sad, I feel sad for her. Yes. And I also think, especially watching this episode and the way that Kendall is, I think she is a little bit misunderstood. Or I think that maybe what it is with Kendall is that the way she almost portrays herself is not how she feels on the inside or not how she wants herself portrayed, which has a lot to do, I think, with her anxiety and being in social situations. And so when she's saying like she's already nervous about something and having specifically Kylie there would make her feel better and more excited for it. I'm like, I want you to have that. I want you to have that comfort so you can be as close to the person that you want to project yourself as as humanly possible. I know, I know. You can see that it would make her feel so much safer. Because she says, like when the producer asks her, what do you think is the biggest misconception you see about yourself? Because she's talking about how she knows that no matter what she does, she's going to get hate. And she says, like, I think the one that hurts the most is that people think I'm a mean girl and I'm so not. And I don't think she's a mean girl. I just think that she isn't always the most comfortable in social situations. And I think that a lot of times when that happens with people, it can come off as them being cold or not overly warm. And so she maybe gets that rep, but I don't think it's the truth at all. No, I agree. I don't think any of them are inherently mean people at all. Not saying people don't have bad days, but especially because they're under such a microscope, I think they probably actually go out of their ways to be nicer because the last thing they want is like someone having a bad story about them, which yeah, there's been a few about Kendall, but they're so few and far between. And that's why don't I always say that to you? Like if they were constantly rude on a daily basis, it would have come out by now. People are so excited and enthusiastic about the idea of taking them down. People don't have personal stories or filmed interactions of really rude behaviors because I don't think it happens. No, I don't think so either. I think they are very, very conscious of that, especially people they're working with or especially when it's like their specific event. Um, And I don't think that anybody who works with Kendall is the person that's saying like, oh, she's a mean girl. I think it's people just observing her from afar, like trolls on Twitter, people who think that they get her vibe from just watching her. And so I'm saying that I completely understand how when you're in a situation where you're uncomfortable inherently, that your vibe gets completely misconstrued. Your vibe is completely not what you're trying to portray because you're so focused on the social interaction at hand that you're the, you know, being nice or being yourself is almost a secondary thought. Yeah, totally, totally. And you can see she struggles with that. And it's funny with Courtney because I don't think Courtney's a mean girl, but I think that Courtney loves leaning into almost the quote bitchy side of her as like a persona and an act. Not that it's like entirely fake, but I think that she loves the attention that she gets from that. And so when people call her like a little monotone or, you know, not enthusiastic about anything, I think that's her favorite thing in the entire world. And I think she loves leaning into that to have like her own unique personality trait. Yes. Well, because in so many ways, like that's what she has been not even celebrated for the most, but that's what she's been memorialized for the most. Like, as we always say on TikTok, which Kardashian is the most viral Courtney because her sound bites over the years have gone the most viral. And so I think that 
this is going to sound way more dramatic, but in a way, like that's her legacy. And I think she knows that and definitely leans into it. And I think that's maybe the issue that Kendall has is that I don't think she has that. And I think she's struggling to find her uniqueness because I would say that each of them have their thing. You know what I mean? Like Courtney has that. Chloe has being the funny one. Kylie has like the King Kylie era and the iconicness of that. Kim has just fucking everything. And I think Kendall has really cemented herself as this supermodel. And now what she wants to lean into is being this businesswoman. But I think what separates her from the family at times and almost why she's a little bit more of an outcast is because I don't think she has that quote thing. No, I agree. And that's why I think even though this isn't what we're talking about, because we're talking about more of like kind of personality traits, I think that that is one of the reasons she's feeling so excited about 818, because I think it's allowing her to lean into the businesswoman side, which again, if we're looking at all of them, Kendall's not the one that's going to be remembered for her business sense, not to say it's not there, but like it's going to be Chris, it's going to be Kim. But I think she's feeling empowered by that. And you can see that it's lighting up something inside of her that clearly she feels she was missing. And I will say a hundred percent to her credit, I absolutely love the lane that 818 is in. I love following and tracking it and seeing every single LA party event, 818 there. Like it has become the official drink of the young Hollywood scene. And I absolutely love that for her. I mean, listen, whether or not you support the product or you actually like the taste or any of that, you, you can't deny that it's everywhere. Yeah, it's like if you're seeing pictures from a Hollywood party, there is one thing that you are absolutely guaranteed to see, and that's a bottle of 818 in a shot. I mean, 818 was the catalyst for the absolute biggest storyline on all of Housewives of Beverly Hills this season. Like, if you really trace it back, Lisa Rinna ordering 818 was potentially what set Kathy Hilton off enough to have this apparent meltdown in Aspen, which I know you don't watch, but like, (laughs) that to me, that's all you need to know about how much 818 has entered the scene. Trust me, I I know about the Housewives drama with 818. I may not watch, but I keep up. You do keep up. Remember yesterday, what what happened? Something, we like passed a bus or something and you knew it was Dorinda? I forget exactly. I just like, I know certain things that I really like. I really like paying just enough attention to Housewives for the bit so I can catch Isabel off guard with something. Like I was giving her a cup of water the other night and I like gave her with a lemon and I was like, oh, carcass out. And she was like, who the fuck taught you that? (laughs) That's so funny. But you know what I wanted to say also about Kendall? When they're on the plane with Haley and Justine and she's kind of breaking the fourth wall in her confessional and saying like, you know, I've struggled in the past with asking my friends to be on the show. And she talks about how in the middle school days, you know, people were a little bit fame hungry. And so she had a hard time trusting it. And then she felt as the years went on, like it was actually asking a lot of her friends, specifically her really famous ones. And now it's become more of a natural thing. That to me is insight that I find really interesting. And I was also going back to the real OG days. I think it was Maddie and Spencer, right? Those were the two friends that they brought everywhere. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That feels crazy, huh? I mean, those were also the Jaden Smith days. Yeah. Wow. You know what? Make Haley Haley in the same capacity on the show that Malika's in. It's funny though, because I don't think that any of her friends would ever feel that way. Like, I think if anything, what a cool thing, no matter who you are, whether you're a Haley Bieber or Justine Skye or Jaden Smith, I still think it's cool to be on the Kardashians. Like, it's just a fun thing. I do too. And I think that Haley and Justine are very ride or die for Kendall in the way where it's like, 
I don't think they particularly want to be on the show. I don't think they're calling her up and like, ooh, let's do this scene together. But I think that if Kendall's doing something, it's not even a thought in their mind that they're going to be on the show, especially because both of them have their own fame. Like, what are either of them hiding from the cameras for? Right, exactly. It's not like asking people who are never in the spotlight to now enter the spotlight on Hulu's most watched show. Like, they're just filming. It's what's what's the difference if it's a Kardashian's camera or another camera in their face? Right. It's not like Alice and Sadder being on, where like she is obviously known. She obviously has her own individual experience in this world, but is not somebody who's a camera person. She'll do it and she'll be on it every so often. And, you know, if Kim is doing something with her high school friends in that group, she's not going to shy away. But no, by no means is she, you know, trying to be in a scene. No, exactly. Wait, we have to talk about Scott and Brody Jenner. Oh my God. Best part of the whole fucking episode. I was not expecting that. I think I remember Scott being there. I don't remember Brody being there. Yeah, I love when Kendall and Scott reunite in that way. You know how they say like emotion is so tied to memory? Like I remember every single minor event that Scott has been at with the family in recent years because I always get so excited to see him there. I also think that Kendall got really excited. Like obviously Scott doesn't take the place of Kylie and she had her very, very close friends around her, but it is family. Totally. And Kendall and Scott have a very sweet relationship. Like they said it last season when they had gotten into that fight, they were like, this is so weird for us because we do not ever do this. And so I think that you really got to see the glimpse of that. And I remember one of the times when we were like (laughs) the most worried about Scott standing in the family or like whether or not he was getting along with everybody, there was something where Kendall and Scott were on the plane flying back from New York, I want to say. And we figured that out because they both storied a picture of like carbone pasta on the plane. And we were like, oh my God, them being together is, is I, I, thank God. I know. And I, and I stand by that. It's, it makes me just as happy now as it did then. Same. Yeah. Remember when I saw like a corner of a Goyard bag on the flight and I think I tracked it back to being Suede Brooks's? That was one of your best investigative journalism pieces ever. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. I don't know. This was fun. I like, not, again, nothing crazy happened. Had a good time. Loved the preview where Kim smirks the camera. I know we talked about that in the beginning, but I'm very, very excited for that. And I think we will get Scott and Pete next episode. I really hope so. I mean, that's the behind the scenes that I'm, I'm really craving and I need more of. When I say there's a disconnect, it's really very Pete centric. No, I know. I mean, I guess the saving grace is that like there was never that much filmed of him. It just would have been Kim talking about him more. And that's what I want. I want the talking about him more. I mean, listen, last season set a bar that I think is kind of almost impossible to reach. Every single episode, something absolutely insane happened. And while I am loving this season and I'm loving every ounce of behind the scenes that we get, I think we can all agree there's something a little bit missing. Totally. It's, it's massive shoes to fill from season one. Like the feeling of Kanye bringing the laptop when Kim is in the hotel room before SNL, that's a high I'm going to be chasing for the rest of my fucking life. Right. Totally. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to mention? I think that's it. Can't wait for next week. Can't wait. Okay. Well, we love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us do this. I said this earlier, but we just got a few DMs about it. So I just want to reiterate our Bravo episode this week is the full BravoCon recap that's out. We released that yesterday and we'll be back next week with our normal Bravo schedule. We love you guys. Thank you for letting us do this. 